Hello everyone and welcome to Fantasy Football Sauce Episode 9. I believe we are on iTunes now, so there could actually be people listening to this podcast. Um, if you're new to the show, um, the reason for this podcast, which I've been recording um, since before week one, is to really put my picks on record. I have a process that I feel like is a little unique, and I wanted to get it on the internet so that I could point to it and say, you know, if the process bears out, which I feel like it will, I can point to it and say, look, it, it worked, um, and have a little bit of credibility as it relates to that. So we're still working through some things. You know, we're not doing theme music yet. I do have a way to do that now. I, I want it to be original. I just don't want to go get something off the internet. Um, this podcast will be mine. It will be my music. It'll be everything. I'll create it. And I'm not going to shortcut that. I'm sorry. I know I've got some work to do on the the processing. I've got a pop filter that I've got to go get. Um, but at any rate, you don't care about all that. Let's get right into uh, what happened last week. And, and then we'll take a look forward. And if, if you go back and you listen to those episodes, you'll notice my Daryl Henderson call uh, before the season started. Spot on. But what you'll also notice is that I immediately called for Cam Akers. I said, listen, don't don't be blinded by this. It was a great value, so late in drafts, to get the starting running back for the Rams. And what I encouraged everybody to do was to flip that and say, now Cam Akers is the one to get. If somebody drops him, if you could trade for him for, you know, eight, ten round value, I said, go get him. Because there was no guarantee that Cam Akers, and still is not. But if you could trade eighth, tenth round value, um, you know, a guy that produces sometimes on a bad team, especially a receiver, uh, a replaceable guy, then go get Cam Akers. You know, he, he might not be good all year. But at any rate, um, Cam Akers looks like he might be valuable. And if you flipped some, you know, fourth receiver on your bench and you got him, you might have something going forward. Also last week, I called uh, an almost upset, uh, I think is what you might call it. I, didn't I said that Lions could win that game. I didn't say that they would, um, but it looked like they were. And Jared Goff was good. I've got Jared Goff. He was my backup in a two-receiver league. And I benched Russell Wilson last week for him, and that was a good decision. And it may have to stay that way all season. Uh, those Those two roles seem to be reversed for now. I'm going to hold Russell Wilson for a little bit longer. I was high on him coming into the season. He's got the weapons. It just doesn't make sense, which is a lot of the way this NFL season has started. But things start, you know, regression uh, takes its turn at some point in the season, and I'm really confident in that. Uh, again, if you read the notes of this podcast, I'm a statistics professor at a university, and that's why where I base my method and my picks is is using those principles and I really think that we'll see some – the water will find its level eventually in this season, but there will be some things that change, and, and there will be reasons. We'll be able to say, well, there's the reason why Tampa Bay is bad. We've got some evidence now that there may be reasons why Tampa Bay is bad, and then we can take that into our model of recent history, and we say, well, last year might be a little bit different because we've got this new situation uh, with the Buccaneers, and they're banged up, and there's just a lot of reasons there. Uh, but we have to be adaptive, and we have to look at the evidence as it's presented in, for, in front of us and stop making these bold predictions, which they get a lot of attention when they go well. 
yeah, it works out. You could say, oh, well, that was bold. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. We're not guessing on this podcast because uh, I'm, I'm just not proud of a guess that works out. I just, I'm just not. I want it to be based in the evidence. I want it to be based in the data. I'm going to do the analysis. I'm going to make my picks that way. And so far, they've worked out very well, even though this has been a very um, up-and-down fantasy season. You know, one thing noted that I said before draft season was quarterback and tight end. I said, you know, usually around, like, after those good wide receivers were gone and we're getting to that middle, like, I call it the the wide receiver dead zone. It started in, like, round six, um, somewhere around there, where the running backs and wide receivers I'm just not thrilled about. That's where I would get my quarterback and my tight end. And I got Kelsey. Well, I, I drafted Kelsey and Mark Andrews in some leagues. But I didn't get the high-end quarterbacks, but – I've got some Jalen Hurts, eh, spin up for Russell Wilson. Maybe I shouldn't have um, Lamar Jackson in a league. So I, I wasn't afraid not to go with the elite quarterback, but I wasn't afraid to pull the trigger, you know, in the sixth, seventh round and get get a guy that was good. And and that served me well up to, to this point, except for the Russell Wilson pick. Um, so just some, some observations, the, the, which really makes this a different fantasy season so far. Um, and, and one of the reasons why those quarterbacks are valuable and those tight ends are valuable is that the best offenses have the grossest running backs. Like, they just do. You know, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Rams, like all of these guys, it's just a mess. And we can name some more. They just don't have good running back setups and, like, they're sharing or somebody's not particularly good. It's just all the way around bad. Um, what I would encourage you to do is just get pieces cheap and hold them. Um, if you can get, you know, again, a piece of the Rams offense or the backfield or the uh, the Buffalo Bills. I, I really – I'm on record saying I like Devin Singletary. It's messy, though. It really is. But it could it could turn into something great if you could get them cheap. Um, even the guys that aren't considered starters on those teams, if you can get them cheap and hold them at the end of your bench, like – they're good guys to have on your bench. You're not starting them. Um, but I, I will say the ones I prefer, and I'll, I'll again, take my victory lap on uh, Jamal Williams for the Detroit Lions. That's a guy that I said at the beginning of the season, that's the guy I like because he's got some standalone value. Like I could I could start him in the flex and you know, really could have done better than that um, this season. So I, I downplayed that a little bit apparently. Um, you can – Start a guy like that in the flex, and with an injury, he's even better. Um, he's a running back, too, potentially. So I've got a lot of John, Jamal Williams on my teams. Uh, that's a, Those are the guys I like, um, the guys that play. The Alexander Madisons of the world, I'm just – I mean, they're fine. Um, they're lottery ticket running backs. But he ended up cutting those guys, and that's not – you know, a lot of analysts say that. But I want a guy that I can put in the flex if I need him. I want a reason to keep him on my bench. He can actually play when I need him to. And, you know, compared to 2021, there's just a lot of variability in in the current sample. So, um, again, I'm a statistics professor at a local university. And one of the things that we look at is when we take a, a sample is we look at the variability of the data. Um, compared to the variability of, of the larger, larger sample, which is last year. 
Um, this is done a few different ways, um, sometimes called the p-value. And it, it basically looks at the spatial uh, density or lack thereof of the data. And when, when I look at the data from, from this season as compared to the last season, I just see it's just it's too messy. Um, it's unpredictable. Um, the guys in the offenses we thought were going to be good haven't been great. Um, some teams have been good that we thought were going to be terrible. Um, and, and when this happens um, in statistics and, and that methodology, the thing you have to do is you take a larger sample. And we're about to do that. Uh, the next week of the NFL regular season will be our larger sample. So as we go through this season, uh, these takes and these calls and these and, and these models should improve significantly um, because we'll start to adapt the current trends in our model and our expectations will be more about what has happened recently as opposed to what's happened historically. But at the end of the day, what's happened historically is most representative of what will happen. So do I expect, you know, some of what we seem to continue? No. Do I expect there could be some changes? Sure. You know, the Lions just might be a well-coached team that has talent. And Jerry Goff just might not be that bad. Um, and apparently they've got a good offensive line. They could just be good. Um, so when there are changes that we didn't foresee, then as a – Researcher, we have to look for the evidence. That, that's the takeaway. It's like, okay, well, there's something lurking within our data um, that is leading us to an inaccurate conclusion, and it could just be that as we we downplayed the the talent of this team and and the coaching staff, they just might be good. Okay, so you know some things to watch. You know, I keep talking about the Lions. I'm not a big Lions fan. Um, I don't really have any of their pieces on any of my redraft teams. I did play them. Uh, Jerry Goff in a stack last week. It, it was okay. Um, not great. But, I mean, they're the second highest scoring team. I don't expect that to continue. But if they're the second highest scoring team two weeks into the season, or, you know, they might not be terrible. Um, they might be middle of the road. So, you know, there's evidence to suggest that, you know, I was down on all the lines because I thought they were going to be a bad team. I wouldn't take that approach today. You know, if if somebody wanted to deal me, you know, Swift because he's injured, they needed a running back, I would look at it through the lens of the Lions aren't as bad as I thought they were. So I might consider it. And, you know, another thing, the Browns haven't been terrible. You know, all of my takes early in the season were based upon projected scoring opportunities because the most difficult thing to predict in fantasy football is how many touchdowns a player is going to score. Um, so it makes sense that the team that scores the most is going to have more opportunities for their running back. I didn't think the Browns were going to be good at all. And they haven't been terrible. And, you know, it's given Chubb, who is an excellent NFL running back, a lot of scoring opportunities. And, you know, he's good by himself, uh, but he, you know, gets more of these, uh, you know, bigger slice of the scoring pot. I mean, he's been excellent. And if that continues, he's going to be good. I I don't know that I expect this level of production. I don't even know if I expect Deshaun Watson to be that good when he comes back. I mean, he's he's going to be good, but I would pump the brakes on this guy coming back in the middle of the season and just um, changing you know, what this offense has been up to this point. And another thing, the Dolphins look legit. They've got the weapons. Two has been good. 
Uh, they've looked good so far. I, you know, I didn't want any of those guys. I mean, I, I got a little bit of Chase Edmonds um, on some of my redraft teams, but I just didn't really like that team. And I'm still, again, I'm, I'm holding out, um, you know, I'm reserving a little bit to say that they might not be this good. Um, but they could be good. And it seems like they are going to be a good offense. So um, those pieces do have value. Probably I'm, I still wouldn't be as high on them as, as some other folks, but they're still valuable. And another thing that I don't think anybody expected is the Buccaneers and the Broncos are terrible. Um, we kind of know, we have some evidence why the Buccaneers could be bad. You know, we've got the injuries. you got the Tom Brady saga. There's evidence to suggest that they could get better. Um, when those things change, you know, maybe the, he gets his guys back. Maybe he gets his head straight. I, I don't know. But um, there's at least an opportunity to fix some things there. But on the Broncos side of the ball, like, what excuse do they have? I don't know. I really don't know what is wrong with this team. Uh, Russell Wilson is there. He's got playmakers, great running backs. What is the problem? And I don't know the answer to that. So I'm more skeptical of the Broncos than I am the Buccaneers at this point. And all the teams in the middle of the pack, I'm just going to keep my preseason expectations right now. So these teams that are in the middle of the pack of scoring, I'll give some examples. Like the Bengals, they haven't been great, but they're still kind of in the middle of the pack. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say they not, might not be excellent this year they still got a good opportunity to be good. And the Bears are in the middle as well. I'm going to say, mm, probably not going to be good. But they've they've scored more than a lot of teams that you wouldn't expect them to be scoring more than. You know, the Packers, the Buccaneers, uh, the Saints. There's a lot of teams that the the Bears have outscored to this point. So, um, But it, there again, I'm, I'm keeping my preseason expectations there. Uh, some notes here. Before I get into daily on um, redraft. So, some guys that I would trade for right now. Again, preseason expectations, um, looking forward, current uh, production, taking all that into consideration, and then the value I want. Because here's the thing I don't want these guys, I don't want to pay necessarily what they were drafted at. I want to pay. I want, to, I want to get them at a discount. I want to buy them uh, at a value that I think they'll be better at the, the rest of the year. But what that means is, I mean, they've been bad. Uh, George Kittle. I, I I would like to buy George Kittle at an eighth-round value to get him on my team. So, you know, you can think of some guys in that range, some guys that have been okay, um, some veterans or some guys on bad teams that you don't expect that to continue. They maybe had a couple good games. Um, that That's a guy I would like to get at that eighth round value. And again, the, these trade values or these round values, these are if we redrafted today. Um, so if we redrafted today, like Cooper Cup's number one, I guess. Uh, it kind of has to be. And the running backs, that's the weirdest thing about this season. Like, where are all the good running backs? You know, I am on record uh, with my hate for Saquon Barkley. And he, he has, he's he's trying to prove me wrong. Um, I'm sticking to my guns a little bit. I'm going to say that he's he's probably going to be better than where I had him, which is like, 
you know, I probably would have taken a chance. I mean, the fourth, I would have wanted to wait to the fifth. Um, but it, like nobody's been good, uh, hardly. I mean, Nick Chubb, um, and there's there's a few others. But it, yeah, it's hard to keep Saquon uh, Barkley's value down at this point, just because of the other guys haven't performed well. And you know, Justin Jefferson. We saw week one, expectations were super high. He was my number one wide receiver, mostly because of the, the preseason worries about Matthew Stafford, which don't seem to have turned out. And it looked like, you know, I was going to take a victory lap there. but And I would have been willing to take a victory lap there. You know, some of these other guys, I like to wait, even when I feel like I'm right and I've got evidence to show that I'm right. Um, I like to wait on those. But um, Justin Jefferson, like, uh, I, I still think he's a, a first-round value, but I would pay second-round value for him because the guy you're 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 trading for Justin Jefferson from, like he should be worried, and you should not. And if he's not worried, then he's not taking second-round value. So you know, this is what it is. And Kyle Pitts, oh, this is a guy. He's like George Kittle. I want him cheap. And tight ends have been bad. So here's the thing you got to think about with Kyle Pitts and George Kittle. Tight ends have been so bad. Um, I've got Gerald Everett on a lot of teams. You know, that was one of my preseason picks that has worked out up to this point. I would not rest on Gerald Everett being a tight end, like a top five tight end at the end of the year. I would go out and try to get one of these other guys. Don't sit there and snooze and say, oh, well, I've got a great tight end. I don't need to give up anything for, for Kyle Pitts or George Kittle. Well, if you can get him cheap or Darren, Darren Waller, get one of those guys cheap and, and you know, keep your Gerald Everett if you want to. But I think that there's still a lot of value in those guys. And, again, what you're paying for him, you know, eighth round, you're not giving up much. So if he's not good, you know, that eighth round value wasn't starting for, for you anyway. So it doesn't matter. And Austin Eckler, it is highly concerning. But this is this is the spot where you can get a guy, uh, a first-round value, cheap. I I would lean third-round value. I'd want to I would want to get him fourth-round value because I believe in Austin Eckler. I believe in the Chargers. I was a big Chargers guy preseason. I really think that they can turn it around, but it has been ugly for Austin Eckler. So. Don't give up too much, but I would give up still, you know, quite a bit to acquire Austin Eckler at this point. Uh, trading away guys that have been good on on these, you know, middling offenses. Some guys that I would recommend are like the Jaguars, the Falcons, the Commanders, and I, I know Christian Kirk's been good, but what can you get for Christian Kirk? Maybe get something really good for him. I would do that. He's on the Jaguars. And, yeah, maybe they're good now. Or maybe they're not terrible. But I would much rather, you know, pair him with somebody else and turn that into uh, Justin Jefferson. I know that's, that would be a big trade. You would have to put something pretty good with it. But, you know, the Justin Jefferson owner might be willing to do that right now. Maybe they've had a running back injury. You can take one of these running backs that have been good 
that you maybe you don't project to be good for the rest of the season, and you you know take that pair with Christian Kirk and trade them away. Um, again, the Falcons, Commanders, I like those guys. Don't get me wrong. I'm not here to hate on, you know, the Falcons guys or the Commanders. You know, Curtis Samuel, did you pick him up off of waivers? Like, would you not be willing to trade him for someone that has a longer track record of being good? I would. I mean, right now there's not a lot of guys out there that I'm completely confident in. Uh, but, again, I, I fall back to my preseason expectations there. And those are the guys I want to get. I'm going to trade away these guys that have been good through two or three weeks and, and get some guys that haven't been great, but I know they have been good in years past. And I would pick up uh, Jamal Williams. Of course, he's not out there. Um, probably Ayuk, uh, McKenzie, Van Jefferson. Guys on good offenses that, you know, something has changed. Van Jefferson, he, you know, if when he comes back from injury. I don't know when that is if you can hold him on your IR slot or something like that. But there's going to come a point where you're going to have to pick these guys up a little early, like a week early. Uh, because if you wait too late, somebody savvy in your league is going to pick them up and you're going to miss them. And they have an opportunity. They're free. They're off the waiver wire. Get them. And, you know, if they're good, you, you got them for the rest of the season. And uh, Jamison Williams, same thing on the Lions. The Lions could be good. Uh, get him. Put him in your IR slot. Hold him on your bench. And, again, when he comes back, he could be really good. And he's free. So that's redraft. So I'm going to go through daily real quick. Uh, again, with these projections and my daily picks, I'm really looking at Vegas, these implied totals. I want points. You know, everybody talks about, you know, catch-up game. And, you know, I heard another analyst talk about this. Somebody did research that you know quarterbacks don't do well um, in these these um, games where they're being blown out, where they're trying to catch up, and that's exactly what I said before the season started. I did that analysis too, and it's not novel, it's not new. Um, anybody could have you know looked at the data and and saw that as well, um, but it is frustrating to hear someone else talk about that um, when I was. Um, talking about it, you know, at the time to myself because I get couldn't get these podcasters, podcast, excuse me, these podcasts on Apple uh, Podcasts at the time. But at any rate, I'll, I'll be talking a lot about implied totals as I go through these. So the quarterbacks for this week, you know, I'm looking at Jerry Goff. You know, implied total. They've got a good implied total. They're looking to blow out. The other team, you know, by six points. That that's what we want out of quarterbacks. We want quarterbacks that are going to blow out the other team. Aaron Rodgers minus ten. Jalen Hurts minus seven. Justin Herbert minus six. Now the problem you might have with those last two is they're just too expensive. It's hard to build a roster around them, or it's difficult to. Um, but they're out there. You know, if if they pay off, they pay off. So if you can build a lineup with with some of those guys and get some cheap guys and and they hit, then then you'll have a great lineup. Um, but Goff and Aaron Rodgers should be pretty affordable this week. And some some contrarian picks. Now th these would be picks that Vegas is actually looking at the opposite. And I think that you know potentially 
Uh, you know, these teams could blow out the other team. Like, you know, Kyler Murray plus three against Carolina. Like, <laughs> what have we seen out of Carolina? Now, we haven't seen much out of Arizona either. But are you serious? And uh, Jacoby Brissett, like, it's a running team. You know, what if he goes out there and, you know, it, it's a contrarian play. It's not what I expect to happen. But what if he goes out there and throws for four touchdowns? And um, and Tua against the Bengals, you know, we've seen Miami's been good. Uh, Cincinnati has not. So we could see Tua have, potentially have a big game here as a contrarian play. And we're looking for the same thing. And, and again, when I looked at the data before the season, quarterbacks and running backs, ironically, do the best in blowout games. And and the running back makes sense because, you know, there's some touches at the end of the game that they're going to get when they're when they're killing the clock. And, and those aren't trivial. It could be a goal line touchdown. It could just be, you know, maybe three points. But, I mean, we're trying to get all the points here. Um, and, again, the data does – it, it it does substantiate that point that uh, you want a, a running back in a blowout game. And first and foremost, you want a free space. And Jamal Williams looks like that guy this week. He's a free space. You take him. I mean, you want to play contrarian, you can, because yeah, he's going to be on a lot of rosters. But I've seen the data, and it works out an awful lot that the free space is very valuable. Um, some other guys, A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones, again, plus 10, New England. Miles Sanders, or excuse me, minus 10, New England. Miles Sanders, minus 7, Jacksonville. Austin Eckler could be a bounce-back game for him against Houston. Nick Chum and Kareem Hutt uh, against Atlanta. I'm just not buying Atlanta yet. I just don't believe them. They're going to have to show me more. I hate to say that because, you know, what they've done on the field, it, they haven't looked like – a terrible team, but I, I'm, I'm just not expecting a lot from them this year. So as, as it relates to wide receivers, I like those guys in closer games. The thing that you can get them in a catch-up game, they're not going to be good. They're not going to blow up. Like you're not going to get two touchdowns out of a guy in a, in a catch-up game or in, unless they're just scoring a ton of points, which is usually not the case in those games. So some guys you can – there's a lot of cheap options. So you could pay up for some these other guys. Like you can go pay up for uh, Jalen Hurts if you want to because, you know, the Bills, like they got some guys that could fit your budget. Or you can pay up for Stephon Diggs. Uh, the Packers, that's, that's a team that I like this week because their guys are cheap. Just pick some Packers. I can't even tell you which one. I mean, I, I've got favorites, but just pick the guy – um, that fits your budget at that point. And, you know, the same with the Browns. You didn't get some cheap ones. Don't don't spend up on them, but it's kind of a contrarian play. You get some cheap Browns, throw them in your lineup. And then uh, Bengals and the Dolphins, you know, get the ones that fit your budget. Uh, those, those guys aren't nearly as cheap. Now, you can go Tyler Boyd. I don't think that's happening again. You're probably going to have to pay up for some of those guys, but those are guys I like this week. And Justin Jefferson, just because he's good. I mean, come, give me a break. The guy had a couple bad games. This guy's incredible. I, I want to, I'm looking for a big bounce back game this week from Justin Jefferson.
And, you know, cheap Chiefs, this is kind of like, you know, the Bengals. Tampa Bay just might be bad, and the Chiefs might just go and just light them up. And the price point for the Chiefs, they're they're pretty cheap. So you can pick one. MVS might have a big game. Um, you pay up for Justin Jefferson or somebody else like that, um, and he, he could support your, your lineup that week. And as it relates to tight ends, you know, there's lots of cheap guys, you know, looking at the slate. This is not the best week for the tight end hero, like, because they're expensive and they don't have the greatest matchups. So I'm kind of staying away from the Kelseys and the Andrews, um, even Kittle, Wall, all of those guys. I'm staying away from them. I would prefer Hawkinson's. Knox, Goddard, Najoku, those are the guys I would target this week just because they're price. Uh, I think they've got good matchups. Their price is low. If the better guys had good matchups, I'd just spend up for them, but they don't. So that's where I'm heading this week. Uh, again, last week it, it was a pretty good one. Uh, this analysis is working out. It's getting better as the weeks go on. I expect that it will improve as our sample size improves. Again, that's what we do in statistics as far as sampling. Um, and the more we sample, the the better our projections will be in fantasy football. So, again, thanks for listening. I hope you have a, a great week of fantasy football. I'm about to get on a plane and go to a conference. So this will be the only episode this week. And hopefully I'll have some time next week to to work on the intro music and work on some of these this post-processing as well. Uh, but there again, thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Peace.